Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the relationship versus fellowship episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so that you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan. You're with Pastor Joel. Hi, Pastor Joel. Hey, who do you think won? <laughs> I think there's a clear winner. Yeah. And I think the clear winner is fellowship. Oh, yeah. Because you did describe it as the benefit yes so what are your uh what are your initial thoughts about this episode that fellowship is something one i don't think a lot of people experience a lot of i don't think there's a lot of christians actually experience this level of intimacy with god or with with other believers i think partly because we're so caught up in making sure i get mine that we we forget that if we're in the right community we're in a community that god wants us to be a part of we don't have to worry about getting ours this is something i've learned as i as i've walked with god and fellowshiped with him and had really deep intimate fellowship with other believers as well i've often thought you know there there is this idea i love to teach what happens when a person thinks, but if relation, it's got to be give and take because how will I ever benefit from this? There's got to be like, everybody knows there's got to be a benefit for sure. So I got to be in charge of making sure I get a benefit too. Not just that you get a benefit because mm. if all I ever do is give, when will I get what I want? Well, I'll tell you what, a person who has that mentality, in my opinion, is a person who either doesn't understand or has not experienced fellowship. Because when I'm around people who love God, who fellowship with God, they will love me. And I won't have to worry about getting mine. A person who's worried about getting mine, I'm often wondering if that's a person who doesn't have many people loving them in their life. Mm. Like, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Like, do, do you not have people loving you? It's either that or this person is still working out their own plan according to their own will. And their plan for happiness is just, they're more focused on themselves than others. And, and unfortunately, that exhausts people and it ends up, it ends up not working. It ends up long-term making you miserable. So this is love, man. We're talking when we're talking fellowship, we're talking love, and love is the currency of of fellowship, and love grows the intimacy of fellowship. And we can so really, always give more. We can yeah. always give more without expecting over time. Right. I can't take more. No, that's true. If everyone's focusing on taking. And eventually I keep taking more you're going to end up saying, dude, it's not healthy for me to be around you. So this is good. I love, I mean, I, I, I often think people who say personal relationship with Jesus, I don't know if, if most people who say that even know what it means. So that was going to be my first question. Where do you think that comes from? Like this, this term personal relationship with Jesus, like, does it, is this a, is this a cultural 
definition? Is this something that the church came up with? Like, what, what are your thoughts about it? I think it's an effort to pull ourselves away from the legalism of rules or the law even where pastor Jonathan, it's not about doing a list of things. It's about a personal relationship with him. It's trying to draw on the emotional aspect of this intimacy we have with the father and with, with Christ through the Holy spirit, which is great. But the problem is the way it's measured and the way the way we intentionally go after this personal relationship with Christ is still by following a list of rules. How do we actually love God? How do we actually love Christ? And how do we actually receive the fellowship they want with us from them to us? So that's where I think it comes from. I think, I think it comes from a, a, a place of good intentions Intentions being, we're trying to get away from this idea that this is just some transaction that happens. Right. When I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm, I am not a disconnected robot who, right. you know, follows what God says and without emotion. And that's right. what I like what you said about the relationship. I think that the implication when people are talking about that is they're trying to say, relationship meaning emotional meaning yeah. you're connected meaning you want you're that you have this desire to be around this person yep and and you and it's personal to you it's not like Pastor anyone Jonathan, else it's, it's not you. like anyone else right he wants you which that's all true it the is true. And, and none of and you know and that's great i'm not against people saying personal relationship with jesus but i do see it is a lower standard than what God wants, what Jesus wants. And, and even at its best, the explanation for personal relationship with Jesus, as much as it efforts away from just being robotic and away from following a list of rules, the way to do it is still robotic and follows a list of rules. I'm still not seeing how how, how do I intentionally have a personal relationship with Jesus? What's the answer to that? Right. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely, yeah. It's a list of rules still. A list of, still a list of rules. So the intentions and in the, in the behavior are, as they often are, are very, very distanced from one another. And fellowship sure is emotional. But we need to know who God is. We need to know who we are. And we need to know what love is in order for us to actually be able to fellowship with one another. And that's, I, I think that's, what's interesting about this concept of relationship as well, because relationship, if I am, have these quantitative or these situations where I interact with God, it's not all the time. I'm not interacting with him all the time. I interact with him through prayer. When I ask him for stuff, I interact with him at church. I interact with him when I read the word. Yeah. But what about when you're doing the dishes? You know, what about, yeah. what, what about all of those times? So one question I had for you is, do you ever see people 
use the word having a relationship with Jesus or a relationship with God, but they mean fellowship. Have you ever had the, have you ever had those interactions with people where they're like, I want to, I want to have a personal relationship with Jesus, but what, what you see from them is fellowship. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I think a lot of times people are trying to be as intimate as they can with, with God and with other people. They just don't necessarily have the right words for it. But the, the problem is, are they successful at it? I don't know. Mm, I don't think okay. so. Okay. Because the, the problem, I mean, what, what you and I have even just uncovered here in just a few minutes of the Malk podcast is there is quite a few really important doctrine a person needs to understand in order to intentionally and successfully have fellowship with God. Relationship to me, a personal relationship with Jesus is really salvation, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is great. So I'm like, yep, I, I've prayed this prayer. I've confessed my sin. I've committed to taking direction from him. My plan doesn't work. My plan's wrong. God, I want your plan in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for, for paving the way for that to be even an option personal relationship. I, Joel Swakowski, personally have received Christ as my Lord and Savior, right? Mm-hmm. My Lord, meaning the master of my will, my Savior, meaning I confessed and repented and, and his blood has made me whole. But that's salvation. Uh, Fellowship which is, avo- is... Which is avoidance of a punishment, right? It is. Now, if a somebody wants a personal relationship, meaning I want it to continue on past that time. What are you going to do to increase that, to grow that? Mm. And if that's what, a, if a person, a, a person does the causes of fellowship, but doesn't have the word fellowship, then yeah, call it whatever you want. And we've always at with these podcasts, we're always more focused on what these words mean than what the word is. Nice. So if you don't have the right word for fellowship, but you understand that God is right and just in his nature, you understand who you are in your uniqueness. You understand that love is giving a value without expecting anything in return. You you understand that God's divine influence, his grace being brought into your being and reflected into your life is how he communicates with us via his his Holy Spirit. That this Holy Spirit is what's connecting us and enabling us to have this intimacy with one another. If I give to him without expecting anything in return, and I sure know he's doing that for me, I can increase all of those things over time, give more of myself over time, give deeper parts of myself to him over time. That's fellowship. If I call that personal relationship, fine. I'd care, <laughs> right? I'd care more that you're doing it than I care what you call it. But I've yet to hear somebody 
say personal relationship with Christ and actually mean all those things I just said. Got it. And what I usually see is the, honestly, what I, what I usually see a personal relationship with Christ is, is, you know what? Jesus means more to me than just going to church on Sunday. I might even talk to him throughout the week. I might do Bible studies. I am seeking his guidance, but is it I'm given everything? I've yet to see it, but I I think it has more to do with people just not having a grid for fellowship people. I think largely and why we're covering one of the reasons we're covering this topic is largely the church is completely missing the difference between fellowship and relationship. I think people really have really believe personal relationship with Christ is the utmost thing we ought to go towards as Christians. And I think they're completely missing a much greater, a much riskier, but a much more beneficial intimacy with him. Yeah. I can see how, from my experience, when people talk about fellowship, like let's have some fellowship. What they actually mean is let's get together and connect and share. Yeah. But not be known deeply and deeply know someone else, not social intercourse. Hey, let's have, you know, let's have some time where we deeply share and deeply know each other. That's social, right? Not intercourse, not social intercourse. So the limitation is being, is missed out. Yeah, exactly. And it is, I mean, it, the intimacy it's, there isn't there, there is a moments of being uncomfortable because you are exposed, you are being vulnerable, you are being open to someone. And I think that freaks out a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about having fellowship with other people. I, so with this whole relationship fellowship thing, it's interesting because fellowship has it, I would say traditionally within the church is it seems like it's a more superficial interaction, but it's deeper. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So, so if we were to look at intimacy, like what do people think being intimate is, is they would say it's, you know, you fellowship with someone, you go to fellowship, you show up, that's fellowship. And then relationship is, this give and take, and then probably marriage. Yeah. It's something more intimate. And that's, that's how the church puts it. But what we're saying is um, relationship, fellowship, and marriage is right. how it goes in terms of increasing in intimacy, deepening right. of intimacy. Right. And I think it's interesting, you know, instead of saying, and, uh, and here was my point. My point was, is, is I'm really, I'm always really excited when one of the strategies to, to interact with someone who holds any belief is to first ask them what they mean or what their definition is Yeah. to a word. So you mentioned in the podcast how you could ask someone what they mean or what their definition is. Do you see those as different questions? 
I don't. Okay, (laughs) Um, cool. I think they're received differently though. That's why a lot of times it might be easier. This is what I want to talk about. Okay. So it might be easier for me as a leader, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to benefit the person I'm interacting with. If I'm saying what's, what's your definition or what do you mean in my brain, I'm asking the same question, but what a person hears is often different. A lot of times the, what's your definition it's people don't receive that well. It's usually feels more like you're testing me. Okay. Um, it feels more like scholastic, more educational. Yep. I got the spotlight on my face and me being right or wrong is at stake. It's funny. A lot of times when you ask that too, people, their first step is to want to look up the definition. It's like, I don't care what Merriam Webster Webster's definition is. I'm asking you what yours is. Right. So if I ask, what do you mean by that? I'm asking the same thing because both those words in my brain, I'm asking, what is, what, what, what does that word mean? Or what's the cause behind that word that you're using? Yeah. And when I ask what that means, usually it's received better because I think what people hear is this person wants to understand me not this person wants me to take some vocabulary test, Hmm. but I'll say what, what I, what I am tending to do more often is to just ask people, what is, what do you mean instead of what's your definition? There's some of these words that just kind of trigger people differently. Even what's your objective or what's your goal? Like people, a lot of times people are like, I don't like when people are asking me those types of questions, Mm. but if you ask a question, that's like, what are you trying to accomplish out of this? What do you mean by that? People, people want to be connected. And those types of questions feel like you're trying to connect with me more than trying to quiz me. Mm. Okay. So it's just an, it's another approach to kind of be, to be a little bit more careful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I'm constantly challenged with. Um, as, as a guy who loves talking about doctrine, loves teaching people directly. Often I come off as brash and blunt and overly harsh even though what I'm really trying to do is help you, it doesn't always feel <laughs> yeah. that way. Yeah. The, the more careful I am with my words, because I'm very caring with my words. I'm very intentional about the words I choose to use. That would be the caring. We like to be careful and caring with our words. I am mm-hmm. caring, very intentional about the words I use, about what they mean. The careful is how I use them how the words I'm choosing to speak to you. Mm -hmm. And that's the careful thing you're talking about. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I can adjust the words I use to be more careful in order to reach you in in a way that you would want to be reached. Awesome. That's great. All right. 
So another thing I wanted to talk about was on this freedom side or the loose side of, of the perspective where that you don't want to, where someone doesn't want to expect more in a relationship or then uh, more than a relationship. You know, that's as good as it gets. Yeah. I suck. That's, this is what I should get. I was lucky not to burn in hell for eternity. Right, man. I deserve hell and this yep. is something better. So, hey. Yeah. Great. I wanted to talk about this, this strain that two people or someone can experience as they're growing yeah. and as they're having more from life, more from God than the other people that they're interacting with. And what I just wanted to do was kind of, I want to talk about this with you because we do, we have a lot of examples yeah. of people experiencing strain from someone else as they grow. Um, and I would say that for the people who are listening to the Music of Life Church podcast, they're, as they lead and as they help someone, this is a very important topic to talk to someone about as you're helping them. Yes. To not be surprised or to be aware of the fact that there's going to be some people that really dislike the growth and the progress that you're making. Yep. Because I think that there's this tendency, and I felt this way as well, that there's this tendency when we start to grow that everyone's going to want what it is and the growth and the energy that I feel and the passion and the excitement that people are going to want that. Yeah. But oftentimes they don't. So one of the speeches, um, you know, and when we talk about, I was thinking about when someone approaches us and I've had someone approach me and say, really what I want in life is I want friends. You know, I want, I want fellowship. I want to be, I want to be known and deeply know someone else. And what we'll do is we'll say, well, have you been through the restoration process? Yeah. Because the restoration process kind of what it'll do is it'll help you be able to make friends because you're not going to start taking from everyone around you to get energy. You won't be in this relationship with other people that eventually drains. Right. Because you're the one taking, trying to get energy. So we'll have them do the restoration process. So that's one of the things, if there's people out there that you're helping restoration is is kind of our step one for helping someone make friends and have yep. long long-term oh, friendships yeah. over time one of the one of the the things i wanted to talk about as well was you know we were working with a married couple and they were looking for help with their marriage and we encouraged both of them to go through the restoration process separately yep and there was some strain between them because they were changing. So I have an example I'd love to share that's that talks about the strain between and, and I'll say the greatest the greatest example you'll see this strain 
really manifest is in a marriage. Yep. Now your example, you, you experienced it with two people who wanted, who wanted help at the same time who were married. And we, and we have brought married couples through restoration together. We've done them separately. And you, usually we give them, we give them the opportunity to choose which way they'd like to do it. Yet we will give our recommendation depending on what we know about them um, before they step into it. I have an example of a husband and wife who both went through restoration, but at different times. So there's been, there's been plenty of plenty of examples we have of, let's say a husband goes through the restoration process and halfway through the wife starts getting upset or vice versa. The wife goes through and the husband starts getting upset and it actually causes strain. And it actually has caused the, the spouse to turn against the person going through the restoration process, which that's really always a bummer. It's so disheartening because like you said, there's this energy we have when we're learning and growing and we expect everybody to want to feel that same way because we feel great. But if it's a person who has a fixed mindset, they're not somebody who wants to grow. Somebody who grow who is growing is a walking confrontation mm. to me in my own mm. life. Whether I'm growing or not, when I'm surrounded by other people who are growing, it is constantly a confrontation to me on how am I doing? Mm. How am I growing? Which if you have a growth mindset, that's great. Or if you want help, that's great because this person can give you, you know, clearly the, the right direction to go to get that help. But this does, this, this does work in God's and our favor at times as well. So there's, I'll just say it, uh, you know, the pastor Ryan from music life church, Kimberly, before he was a pastor, before he was even a member of music life church he came to me for help and asked if he could start the restoration process. So he went through the right channels to make sure it was okay with his, the pastor that he was under at the time. Cause we like to make sure we're honoring and respecting the pastors of other churches, especially when we're helping their people. Mm -hmm. So he started the restoration process and within a few weeks, his wife got really skeptical not upset, but like, why is he acting the way he is towards me? Uh -huh. Things are different. Things are yep. changing. Yep. Why is he being so nice? Why is he doing things for me? And as time went on and that love that he was showing her increased, she continued to get, you know, not only was she skeptical of him, but it started causing her to ask questions about herself. How am I really doing? Where am I at? And this is one of our really great, I'll say God's really great success stories about what happens when, when one person gets help and the strain it causes between all of their relationships. Mm -hmm. She responded to that strain the way God would want us to. And instead of turning against her husband, she said, I want to do restoration. I want what, like, I think it took, it took like just long enough 
for Pastor Ryan to prove that this just wasn't a fad for her to say, okay, this wasn't just like a one or two week thing. We're a couple months into this and he keeps getting better. Mm-hmm. And she turned and, you know, and now she's, she's a great leader in our church. Well, as well as, as Ryan is. So that, that's one of my favorite success stories between husband and wife. Cause that's usually where these things either get really, really good or can go really, really bad. Cause that the strain between a husband and wife manifests itself um, more exponentially than any other relationship. So when one when one spouse is growing and the other one's not, it's a confrontation, and then it's up to that spouse to respond to that confrontation in a profitable manner. And then they're both growing, which is great. But a lot of times we see the opposite happen. Yeah, and I've seen it with a lot of people and their you know their friendships that they've had, and also with people and their um the kids. You know, I knew a couple oh, who yeah. was, was enabling their kids a lot, found out that they were hindering their kids' growth and helping, and then learned how to confront and not enable, and they were seen as bad guys because of actually doing what is going to help their kids because the kids felt like they lost the easy life or their easy way out that they were having. And the parents realized they're just, they're actually hurting their kids by enabling. But that was another example of the strain between people that grow. And I think it's interesting. I think one of the things to look at is Jesus grew while he was, while he was here on earth. It says he grew, right. Grew in wisdom or, and stature with God and men. You know, like Jesus grew while he was here and there was constant strain and tension and pressure from the believers of his day. Yeah. That's where the, you know, it was from the Pharisees. Where was Jesus being attacked from? From the Pharisees, from the religious leaders of the day. So the again, people who apparently believed the same thing as him, right? Yeah, who had, you know, who are sons of Abraham, who were what we would call today, you know, our version of being a son of Abraham is a follower of Christ. Yeah. A son of God, a believer in Jesus. Yeah. So that's a big thing to to make everyone aware of that I would want everyone to be aware of is the strain, the greatest strain that we're going to feel is not from unbelievers but it's from people who profess to be believers. That reminds me of the David and Goliath story. One of the things I love pulling out of that story is the fact that no one's surprised that Goliath is being a jerk. He's an uncircumcised Philistine. He's a bad guy. Yep. No one's surprised by that. Oh, he's cursing the army of the living God. Yeah, David doesn't like it, but he's not surprised. Who does David experience the most amount of tension from during that conflict? King Saul? You're just a youth. Goliath's been a man of war since his youth. And who, I would say, 
brought the most tension on David is his own brothers. Yeah, the soldiers, but even his own brothers accusing him and judging him for being there for his own sake, just because he's some little kid who wants to know what's going on at the war. These are people who are supposed to be uplifting us, who are supposed to be be supportive of us, edifying. Supposed to be appreciating the charcuterie board that we brought from our father. (laughs) Right. He brings a charcuterie board filled with cheeses and meats. Right, exactly. For the captain. And they just like, yeah, yeah, come on. (laughs) I love when you said that. That was so funny. But seriously, that's like, that would that's the the part I think is overlooked in that story because of the the epicness of David defeating Goliath is the real battle David David fought that day, the one that was the most dangerous that could have taken David down the most was him being negated and judged and persecuted by the people who were in his own community. The people that he's supposed to be in fellowship in with. In fellowship with, yes. His brothers. They are taking from him. No one's given him anything. Until Saul does kind of flip it a little bit after David's persistent and says, here, I'll give you this armor that won't fit you. <laughs> he tries, but there's no fellowship there. There isn't. And that's and that's when it really stings. That's when yeah, it it's does. the big. That's when it's the biggest battle. Yeah, is when it's like we could, if we walk in the light as he's walking in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. Yeah, we have deep intimacy if we're walking in the light. I'm if I'm making progress in the light and you are, then why am I being attacked? Mm. But, you know why? Why are why am I, why are we, why is anyone being come against as a heretic and an unbeliever and prideful and arrogant and all of that? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when it hurts the most. It does. it does. It really does. So let's be, so let's be prepared. I want people to be prepared. I like for that. This. Thank you, Pastor Jonathan. This is good for every, for all the leaders to recognize when they're helping people. It's and not for the, a bad thing to warn them, you know, let them know what you can start expecting to happen. Yeah. And if there are people as you start to grow that, that, and, and you and I know this PJ, but as you and I were growing, there were people that we wanted to be in fellowship with the most. Right. And those people were usually the ones that were most upset with our growth. Yep. Because we had the most time with them. We've had the most experience. We've had the most quantitative interactions. And as soon as those interactions start changing in, and our desire is to have fellowship. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going for something more now. Right. The questions that I'm asking or the things that I'm saying or the way that I'm speaking or all of these things are just to have something more with you. I feel like I understand more of who I am and I want to convey that to other people and I want to give that and I'm not trying to to change you or make you do anything but it feels that way it does so (laughs) just it's great heads up yeah just a heads up you know (laughs) but but what happens then simultaneously with that just to give people some hope (laughs) you're not you're not going to be all alone you can start your own podcast with someone that you're in fellowship with right um but what 
but honestly, that's what it looks like. Uh, honestly, what it looks like is, so you, you have these, these interactions with people, you want to have fellowship that, with them, you start growing. They don't want that. They hate you for the growth, dislike you for the growth. They move away or they you know, don't want to interact with you anymore. And there's this feeling of, uh-oh, I'm going to be alone. However, I believe if you're walking in the light, then God will bring you into situations and circumstances where you will have the greatest fellowship slash friendship of your life. Right. And that's what, and that was my experience. You know, I have, I have 2000 friends to go, oh, these are just acquaintances and I have yep. some relationship to then going, okay, so what do I want to invest my time and energy into is fellowship, you know, with the, with these people and still being open to having interactions, but understanding that this is where the energy is going to come from. You right. know, my, my joy, my community is my fellowship, which like you, like you were saying, is supposed to be one of the pillars of the church is fellowship. Sure is. So another way to say it is, you know, our, our church ought to be the place where we give and receive, not, not that we're trying to receive, but that we receive a ton yep. of energy. That's good though. Give and receive. We need to be open to being loved. Not that we need to take. That's a difference. Not taken. Receiving nice. and taking are definitely different. Well, that's good. That's good. Nice. Yeah. Another nice distinction. Yes, it given, is. Give and receive. Okay, so let's hit the uh, let's hit an overview of the strict and loose perspective, PJ. Strict personal relationship with Jesus. Relationship. This is a finish line mentality. It's quantitative. It's measured by what I do, my behavior, this list of rules. Loose, that's all I can hope for. I don't even deserve more than just salvation. I don't deserve a relationship or anything more than a relationship. I'm depraved. I'm a sinner. I'm just lucky I'm not burning in hell. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, the big picture overview of those two. Awesome. And in the What the Flock podcast, we talk about it in terms of the three groups that we see in the church. In this podcast, we know that it, we're, what we're talking about is self-esteem. Right. How people respond with the confidence within themselves, either low, mid, or high, in response to this loose side and this freedom side and how that impacts these, this community. So will you go through that again? what these categories look like. So low self-esteem people will get their energy externally off of others. And the only way to do that in this context with relationship with Christ is for me to make sure that I surround myself with people who have a worse relationship with Christ than I do. That'll make me feel better when you're still a baby Christian, but I've Mm. had my personal relationship with Christ for years Oh yeah. If you start growing past that, I'm going to start taking you down to make sure that you're still under me, or I'll be quick to remind you that I've been a Christian longer than you. 
And if you think you got more than me, then you're in pride, young man. Yep. You're a nobis. Yeah, where it's really I'm treating people like a nobis that, you know, Paul told Tim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't let them treat you like a nobis. Yep. Don't let them despise your youth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. But that would be low self-esteem, right? It's like I feel a low confidence in who I am. The only way I can feel good then is to make sure people are lower than me. Mid self-esteem. I got to get out of this area of life where these, like, basically I'll leave the church because when I'm around these people, they take me down or I'll leave the church because they're not giving me the answers that actually are supposedly I'm supposed to have joy from walking with the Lord and I'm, and the answers they're giving me aren't working. So I have enough self-esteem to get out of a bad situation or at least enough situation to know that the answers that I have aren't enough and mm-hmm. that I need to search for more. The high self-esteem is the people who, who know God wants fellowship. He doesn't want relationship. Relationship is just starting this. Mm-hmm. fellowship is where we're going fellowship can be built people with a high self-esteem would look at other people who have fellowship with god as a resource to increase their fellowship with god especially people who've walked with god longer they would look up to those people they would say what are you doing that i can take for myself to or receive for myself to increase my walk with god these people want truth spoken into them talk about growth mindset people with high self-esteem have a growth mindset being shown they're wrong in an area is just has no reflection on who i am it's just information and in fact it's information that will help me grow so that would be the way i distinction them here it's like really what we're talking about is the different self-esteems you're going to find out who am i surrounding myself with Mm. Where That's really you know, cool. low self-esteem, I'm gonna surround myself with people below me. Mid self-esteem, I'll just anybody I'll, I'll surround myself with people who aren't hurting me. And I'd love for people to be better than me around me to help me. High self-esteem would be able to look at anybody as somebody who can bring me a benefit, whether they have more mature walk with God than me or not. A high self-esteem person would be able to look at one of these quote unquote baby Christians and say, what are you doing that I can learn from? <laughs> oh man, I got a great story for that. Isn't so who was the prophet that trained Samuel? Was that Eli? Is that his name? Yeah. Remember little, little young Samuel's and, you know, laying in bed and he thinks that, that Eli's calling him. Yeah. Yep. But, but it's actually God, you know, Jehovah's. Uh-huh calling calling out to to little baby samuel uh-huh uh-huh and elijah figures it out and he goes okay it's it's the lord you know like okay yeah, next time say what god yeah yeah. Say, yeah here i am lord you know like <laughs> yeah. say what you know ask him what's going on and uh and then and then samuel gets a word and eli goes what's the word yeah what do you right what god tell you what did God tell you? And, he, and, and Samuel, isn't Samuel like, oh, crap. <laughs> it's just awesome. You got this, like, you know, this guy who's been walking with the prophet, Lord. Prophet, prophet, yeah. prophet, prophet. Huge, 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 huge guy. 
telling this young man what God say to you. What God? What did God say to you? Oh, it's so tell, good. Tell tell me, tell me. Yeah. Like, don't don't be afraid. I think it was. Yeah. I, I don't know, but he's like, don't. And then he goes, "It's from the Lord. That's the Lord." Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's such a great. That's such a high self esteem response. It is. It is. It's like that. There you go. It's like that's a great example of someone going. No, you don't have to be a certain age. You can be a little child and God can speak to you. I mean, talk yeah. about, talk about Samuel being trained to have fellowship. Oh, right. With God, not just relationship. Yeah, that's great. It really did. When you hear him talk, you say, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> and then you deliver what he says yeah, to you. I'm you open. Know? Yeah. You got? I'll receive it. Yeah. Bring it. That's great. Okay. So then, so speaking of fellowship, What's our ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? Ultimate answer. Well, first I'll say this. Mm -hmm. I want to really flush this out. The goal of fellowship, you mentioned it. it, The goal is to be deeply known and to deeply know the person you're in fellowship with. Nice. The cause is we share everything we have, do and are with each other. So really fellowship is social intercourse. It is an interaction with a person, be it God or another believer, where we are completely open to sharing anything and everything with each other. Great distinction. Completely open. Doesn't mean that you sit down and you share a list of all of your sins with someone that you're in fellowship with. Remember, it's love. Yes. Definition of love. It is. It's guided by love. Giving of value giving something that is a value without expecting anything in return. So I ought to be focusing on being a benefit to someone else in my fellowship. In every area. In every area. Yes. Awesome. Well, great. Hey, this has been fun, Pastor Joel. Thank you. This was a great episode. Thanks for taking us on a ride there. Yeah, man, we did. We went on a journey. Awesome. Thank you to everyone out there who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear a certain topic, please let us know. We'll see you next time.